Oh my God, I have chills. What happened? Oh my God. Oh, I just can't. What? Hey, everyone. <laughs> hey, everyone. If you caught a little bit of our pre recording conversation, we weren't paying attention. Let's be honest. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't think we're going to leave any of that, right? No, no, we're not. All right, never mind. Just cut it. Say whatever you're going to say. I don't care. What? What's insulting? You were insulted about something? Yeah, no, I was watching The Office. Hell yeah. I know. It's a great palate cleanser. But Dwight tells a riddle, and I know you've uh, heard of this riddle before. Yeah. Where the man and the son are in the car accident and they go to the hospital. That's a classic. That's a very old riddle. Doesn't age well. It doesn't age well. No, it sure doesn't. If you haven't heard of it, they get this man and his son are in a car accident and go to the hospital. And the doctor says, I can't operate on this boy. (laughs) He's my son. How's that possible? And I'm like, (laughs) screw you, man. And it used to really stop people. A real brain buster. (laughs) A real thought-provoking scenario. Who could the doctor be? (laughs) So I was watching a show recently that did that riddle too. And and everyone gave that reaction like, what? (laughs) Really? Yeah, and they're like, I guess that doesn't age well. (laughs) No, the doctor's his mother, y'all. But spoiler alert, it's his mother. If you're still trying to figure it out, don't worry about it. His mom can be a doctor too. <laughs> They're like, no, I need an, a more realistic explanation for how this is happening. <laughs> Such bullshit. I was like, that is the most insulting riddle. Have you never heard that? Yeah, I have. I just forgot about it until then. I was like, how was that ever challenging? <laughs> so it was annoying. A real brain buster. A real thought-provoking scenario. Huh. That's really a thinker. I'll get back to you. I'll get back to you. Uh, Uh, So we have two new patrons just saying, hey, what up? Carrie and Emily, welcome. Oh, welcome. Thanks for joining. Um, Should we, we might be saying patrons at the end of the episode now, or should we, whatever, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Thanks for joining. Welcome. Thanks. And thank all everyone for your reviews we've gotten some new at or at least an apple reviews yeah that re- we really appreciate it when i'm at my corporate job and i go to my car to cry i read them and it makes me feel better <laughs> does that <laughs> happen not, often it happens often no, yeah. i'm not joking so thanks they're a good read it's fun your work makes me sad mm-hmm <laughs> Also, I want to throw this out here. Today is April 21st, 2023. Our first episode was April 22nd, 2022. Our one year anniversary is tomorrow. Hey. Happy birthday. (laughs) Ew. That was so Marilyn Monroe. That's what I was going for. Uh, Uh, What do we do to celebrate? mm, mm, Wait, hold on mm, one damn second. I said I was going to quit my job within one year. Well, then do it. Do it right now. Let's call in. Oh my God. I will. If I, if I get to quit my job, I'll put it, I'll film it for y'all. <laughs> I'll record it. Oh my God. That Just would kidding. be so uncomfortable. 
Please don't. <laughs> and I would have like started crying. <laughs> it's like a whole thing, and whole everyone's thing. cringy. And we're like, we don't want to see this. Um, um so my god, that's been... so exciting. And I actually can't believe that. Me you neither. Know? Blown by. Flown by. Flown by. Golly. Well, thank y'all. Y'all are the early on. Y'all are the OGs. The early. Early adopters. The early. There you go. I know. So thanks. Happy Annie. You too. Um, I was just listening. I dropped the kids off this morning. I was listening to Sirius and Jeff Lewis was on and he was talking about BravoCon and mm. y'all Rebecca and I are very seriously considering going to BravoCon. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. We got to get on that too. But he was talking about how it stresses me out to wait. Tickets are going to go on sale. It's going to be like a midnight thing where everyone's going to jump on it. My computer's going to crash where it's going to be a rush to get tickets. It's going to be like, I don't think scary. You don't think? No, I hope not. I get scared. I get scared too, but we need, we should at least book the hotel. Yeah. Maybe a plane flight before they get crazy. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, Je- Jeff was talking about how he is not staying where everyone's staying. And he's going to get a very big hotel room with a balcony. And his guest was like, oh, why do you need a balcony? He was like, in case I want to jump off. Of it. <laughs> Love Jeff Lewis. Y'all, if y'all have not recapped Jeff Lewis's um, old, what was his? Flipping Jeff? out. Flipping out where he has the the assistant where he pranks him all the time it is it's on every season every season he's full of pranks but this one guy in particular what was his name andy yeah maybe oh i think so my god it's so funny he's the funniest he's so dramatic it's a very theatrical reaction when he gets pranked by jeff lewis and it is hysterical rewatch flipping out yeah so i i liked that from jeff because we have been talking about BravoCon, and i almost called you because i was laughing because he was just so flippant about it he doesn't want to jump off of it um <laughs> and i was like oh my god i'm calling her back and then i was like oh wait we're about to record i'll just wait god he is so funny and we won't get into bravo or scandal but if you're into vanderpump rules and you want to talk scandal, please DM us or something. Because that, that really is true crime in and of itself. The fact that that broke, and then I told my Kay Parsons story, and I wasn't allowed to talk about it, was so annoying. Uh-huh. Oh, so, yeah. Okay. DM us. We won't talk about it here. I know Morbid got ripped on Reddit for talking about it, but. Oh, they did? That's not even why. I just thought it'd be boring for those who <clears throat> don't listen to it, but. Well, I'm sure it is. Uh, no, I mean, not ripped, but they, someone, there were some comments of like, no one gives a shit, stick to cr- true crime. I'm like, oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. uh-huh. That's fair. But for those who do give a shit, DM us. We're, we're into it. I also applied for what's the podcast festival that we were never going to get into, but I, I've really reached for the stars. Oh, crime, wait. Crime con. Crime con. Yeah. We're going to go to all the cons this year all the cons you did actually plot thanks yeah i mean they're not gonna choose us but whatever it'd be so fun i planted the seed in someone's head someone had to read it some intern. Do they? <laughs> some right. intern had to read it yeah he, he or she is probably googling us right now mm-hmm. not finding shit <laughs> getting a little frustrated saying screw this and deleting the email deleting the application 
Yep. Okay. I'm telling you about a murder murder of an Indiana University student who is not Lauren Sperrier. Okay. Though she does come up. Okay. And I'll get into who that is for those who don't know, but this is the story of Hannah Wilson. Sources. Sword and Scale did an episode on this, which is where I found a lot of things because he has the prosecutor on and the defense attorney. So I got a lot of facts from there, but uh, USA Today, New, New York Daily News, and Indy Star. In 2015, Hannah Wilson was a senior at the University of Indiana and majored in psychology. A few weeks before graduation on April 23rd, Hannah and her friends are day drinking around Bloomington, as you do when you're 21, 22 years old. So fun. I know. She had just finished an exam for a class that was apparently a pain in the ass. And on top of that, it was Little 500 weekend, which is a bike race that the IU students have turned into a party weekend. So they're just celebrating. Oh, my God. It's like Twilight in Athens. I know. I thought about that. College kids will find any excuse to turn something into a party, an occasion, to turn something into an occasion. I love it. Fun. So fun. What year is this again? Uh, This is 2015. Okay. So they're having champagne during the day. They're just amped. They're at the stage of life where the world is their oyster. It's fun. Fun. They go to a friend's house to pregame. Hannah's ex-boyfriend came back in town, but they ended on good terms. So And they're all a part of the same friend group. So even he comes and they all decide to head to the Hilton for some more drinks, like the hotel. Figure. <laughs> you figure uh-huh well yes. uh, i don't know i'd sound people go to the hilton for drinks <laughs> maybe I guess, I guess we went to embassy suites free happy hour y'all right if they still do that y'all better go take advantage if you have a, a local embassy suites <laughs> yeah especially yeah. if you're underage yeah in high school we used to go to a, the local embassy suites and from five to seven they have free happy hour you just have to show them a room key which we had like a five-year-old room key from God knows what. And we would use it. All use it. 20 of us. Yeah, we're oh in this God. one room. Don't <laughs> worry about it. Pretty Just smart give me enough. my SoCo and lime and, and we'll, we'll be on our way. way. Thank you. Yeah. It was pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, I figured you met Hilton, the hotel. Well, I did. Around midnight, the group decides to go to another bar, I think Kilroy's downtown. When they're in line waiting to go in, her friends noticed that Hannah was a little too drunk. So they called her an Uber and sent her home. She lives like seven blocks away. So it would have been a couple minutes before she was home. Her roommate was already in for the night. She hears Hannah come in and the police know she went inside because they were able to determine her phone picked up the house's Wi-Fi at whatever time she walked in. Oh, okay. I know. It's kind of cool. Hannah's roommate the next morning goes to her room to say good morning and recap the night, but Hannah's nowhere in the house. Her purse and phone are on her bed, but she's not there. And when she gets and she goes downstairs, she sees the front door is wide open. So she starts panicking and calls around to all their friends who have no idea where she is. They tell her she we put her in Uber around 1 a.m. Then she calls Hannah's parents, who drive from Fishers, Indiana, which is an hour and a half away, to help look for her around campus. But little did everyone know a body had already been found in the next county over. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's such a bummer. Earlier that morning, a woman was driving down the road when she spotted what looked to be a pile of clothes in the grass. 
When she slowed down to see what it was, she saw that it was a young girl dead in the dirt and called 911 immediately. Cops rushed to Plum Creek, which is where the body was, and it was quickly determined that she died from blunt force trauma, but they have no idea who it is. Oh, God. I know. And they said, like, blood was, they couldn't even tell the color of her hair. They first looked for a missing persons report in Brown County, and they didn't have any, so cops called neighboring counties, and that's when they learned about a missing IU student from the night before. So police got a picture of Hannah from her roommate, sent it to the coroner, and they were able to confirm it was Hannah. Oh, God. This all happens before Hannah's family even gets to town. Oh, man. So they have no idea about any of these developments. When they get in town, they go straight to the police station, expecting to print hundreds of missing person flyers and start a search party. Oh, no. Oh, no. But instead, they're met with a very somber detective holding a picture of Hannah. And her mom knew immediately what he was going to say. Oh my God. I know. So they didn't, the way. they didn't even know the family was coming, like prepared to call them. And then they just showed up. Yeah. Oh God. So he told them they found her body. Hannah's dad, Jeff walked out into the parking lot with his daughter, his other daughter, Haley, and sprawled out face down on the pavement crying. Oh no. I know. Oh my God. I want to hug that dad. I know me too. And her mom was only thinking of one thing, something that happened a few weeks prior. Oh, she had a dream that Hannah died before graduation. What? I know. What? How? I don't know. She doesn't say specifics, but she was so unsettled by it that she told Hannah about it. And Hannah, probably not taking it too seriously, was like, oh, okay, well, if that happens, I want Gerber daisies on my casket and I want y'all to rent out a club to all my friends with bottle service and limos so everyone can get home safely and like just laid out what what she wanted how weird is that they did do Uh, the daisies I do not think they rented out a club and all that I was gonna ask did they fulfill they fulfilled the daisies on the casket oh god that's so weird like a couple weeks before how weird is that that's very unsettling mom's no shit Oh, God, that scares me. They just know. Uh, That scares me. She wanted it to be a big celebration of life, which is what they did. I always found that admirable when people want their funeral funeral to be fun for everyone. I am not one of these people. (laughs) No. Why? I I want everyone sad and sobbing. Sure. Well, utmost sadness. We will be. Thank you. Or I'll haunt you. I'm indifferent. Do whatever you, you hear want. Me? Yeah, it does. I assume you'll haunt me anyway. Prepare to see me everywhere if you're having oh, fun yeah. at my funeral. <laughs> if you crack a smile at my funeral, you're in for it. You're in for it. Yeah. You've been warned. When cops found Hannah's body, they noticed a cell phone under her right foot. And mind you, Hannah's phone was in her room. Oh, shit. God, so they, I knew this one, but I guess not. Yeah, maybe not. I think I'm mixing the two girls. Yeah, uh, you might. You probably are. So they applied for a search warrant to find out whose it is. And the phone wasn't dead or anything, so they easily could have gone through it. But the Fourth Amendment protects against unreasonable search and seizures. And prosecutor Ted Allen said that he didn't want to give any future defense attorney reason to come up, come after their investigation. So he did it by the right way, by the books. 
I feel like that's a reasonable, it's under the body of a murdered girl. I think I that's reasonable. Oh yeah. You're right. I don't know. Uh, he just wow. wanted to do it by the book, but I'm like, good for you. Seems by the book to me, but okay. Yeah. The cell phone was registered to a man named Daniel Messel. They have his address. They have where he works. So they go there first, which is a place called Fine Print in Bloomington. It's a small local printing shop. I think kind of like a Kinko's, if that's still a thing. Yeah, it's still a thing. There's it tons is. of little mom and pop printing shops. There's one down the street for me. Great. Well, this is one of them. Fine Print. They found out from employees that Daniel didn't show up to work on April 24th, the day after Hannah was murdered. And not only did he not show up, but he didn't call in, which was very out of character, they noted. Which to me, I'm like, obviously, if it wasn't out of character, he'd, he'd be fired, I'm sure. But <laughs> yeah, it's always out of character. Yeah. Uh, they go to Daniel's house, who they learn is a 50-year-old man who lives with his stepfather in a mobile home in Bloomington. They knock on the door and he isn't home, but Gerald, the stepdad, said that they were together on April 23rd. They ate at Cheddar's and then Daniel went to trivia, which is something he did every Thursday. Plays trivia in downtown Bloomington at a place called Yogi's. Very big, very big trivia guy. Takes it very seriously. Oh, God. His, Tim, his team name would likely not be Herbie <laughs> Versmells. He would have come over to our table and spit us all in the face. Yeah. It's like, get the hell out of here if you're going to be jokesters about this. This is, yeah, nothing to be have fun with. Uh-uh. Y'all don't know that backstory. It's, we say it in a few episodes ago. Rachel's Yo. trivia team name is Herbie Versmells. Say it really fast. It's disgusting. She said this at a family place playing we trivia did. one day. I didn't come up with it. My friend did. And we did not realize it was not that type of trivia, but it was... <laughs> embarrassing and we lived and learned we have never <laughs> gone back to that trivia <laughs> mostly because yeah. we weren't invited back i'm just kidding his stepdad tells indiana state police that daniel usually comes home around 11 after trivia but on this particular night he never came home so their ears perk up detectives leave and as they're driving down the street gerald calls them and says oh daniel's pulling in so they oh Turn that whip right around and they head back. Hell yeah. As they're pulling in, walking out of the trailer with a clear trash bag of what appears to be bloody clothes. A clear trash bag? Yeah, you know. Yeah, I know. But why would he choose that? Idiot. I don't think he expected the cops to be there in five seconds. <laughs> okay. I don't think he expected the cops to meet him in the driveway. So he didn't see the... No. They're, oh, okay. they're down the street. Uh Wow. And <laughs> yikes. Yeah. Making the cop's job real easy because that's exactly what it was. All of his clothes from, that he was wearing the night before covered in blood. Oh. There's also blood in his car and outside his car. Wow. He didn't even have time to clean up a little bit. No, no, he didn't. Good. Which the blood was later confirmed to be Hannah's. Sad. So they knew who it was but had no idea how she was safely in her home and ended up in the hands of this 50-year-old monster. They would have never crossed, crossed paths. They would have never met. Except, can I guess? I think oh, I yeah. Know. Okay, go. Her Uber driver. Oh, that was my first thought too, but no. Her Uber driver oh. was a lovely gentleman who was perfect. Oh, okay. Wow. And was the one who confirmed, no, I saw her walk in. And he noticed because she kind of stumbled going in between cars. So he like stayed and watched. Okay. So first let's chat Daniel Messel. 
He's never been married, no kids. Aside from his weekly trivia outing, he was very much a loner. And by that, I mean zero friends. Ted Allen said when detectives, you, you looks like you're about to feel bad for the guy. You were. Well, I was oh, laughing because when you said never married, no kids, I was going to say, what a loser. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is a loser, but not because of that. <laughs> because uh, of the rap sheet, I'm about to spit at you. Well, I just, in your 50s, never had a friend? Yeah, it is kind of sad. All right, go on. I don't know if he's never had a friend. I don't really care about him. Oh, okay, go. Ted Allen said when detectives executed a search warrant on his phone, they went back at least a year of phone conversations, text messages, that's everything. And he would guess it was about 40 pages. To put how little that is in perspective, they did the same thing to Hannah's phone. Oh, God. Went, went back a week. And it was 400 pages. Oh, wow. So granted, she's in college. She's very social. But there's a happy medium there. And Daniel mm -hmm. is way under it. Yeah. Wow. He's yeah. like texted one person. And right. he didn't even notice he dropped the damn phone, probably. This caught the attention of everyone and even made national news due to its similarities to a very well-known case in 2011, the disappearance of Lauren Sperrier. She was also an IU student and was last seen at the same bar Hannah took the Uber from, Kilroy's. Lauren was also very intoxicated and her friends offered to let her stay at their house and she declined opting to walk the five minutes home. And she's last seen, like she falls twice. It's at like 4.30 in the morning and she's walking down the street and out of sight and she's never seen again. Her body has never been found. So this case is still technically unsolved, but the more we get to know Daniel, I'm like, but we know who did it, right? Sure. They arrest Daniel and they appoint him to a public defender named Dory Marion. I think that's it, Marion. While Ted Adams was working with Hannah's family to build a case against him. They dig into Daniel's past and this guy's rap sheet. Here we go. Oh, God. So he has a few forgery charges in the 80s. Nothing huge. A battery <laughs> charge in 1989. And most notable of those in his younger years is that in 1995, he attacked and beat his grandmother with a four by four. Oh, whoa. I mean, grandma lunatic. I don't know the story behind that. I couldn't find it, but I cannot imagine an elderly woman deserved to be beat in the face with a large piece of wood. I and just can't imagine. I imagine killed. No, no, she wasn't killed. Oh, wow. And he was about 30 when he did that, 1995. He was about 30. Oh, my God. I mean, what a Get... loser. <laughs> what? An... Did you need the four by four to overpower <laughs> your sweet elderly woman? woman? I just like, that blew my mind. This was a and class. You don't know why? No. I mean, wow. I she know. like reminded him to eat his vegetables or something. Right. I'm what like, could what she have done? What, what could she have said to provoke a snap like that okay poor woman well wow well, strong bitch she survived that i would i know that. i know poor Ooh. thing okay this was a classy felony and he spent three of an eight-year sentence in prison where a he asked c what'd i say a class well, c. <laughs> you said class c but again it's like elevator legs i heard classy <laughs> it was a classy felony like, it's the opposite of classy. <laughs> oh, my God. Class <laughs> C. 
Oh my God. I really do run on words. <laughs> All right, go on. <laughs> Class C felony. And he spent three of an eight year sentence in prison where he earned his degree and he had to take anger management classes. Duh. You think? Which did not help because in 2006, he got in another altercation where he almost killed a man after this guy walked out of his female friend's apartment, like out of Daniel's girl, like gal friend's apartment. Yeah, I get it. No, I get it. I don't know why this fight started or why he was so pissed for walking out of an apartment. But according according to USA Today, Messel followed him, punched him and kicked him in the face and ribs repeatedly and repeatedly slammed his head into the concrete until bystanders intervene. There's a clip of this man talking about it on sword and scale. And he's confident muscle would have killed him. Like he had very no intention of slowing down the attack before those bystanders came to the rescue. Oh, mm-hmm. he was charged with battery, but it was later reduced to disorderly conduct. So no jail time for this. Whoa. I know. It's like, seems a little intense for disorderly conduct when he's done this before like okay hothead you go sit in jail again yeah in 2007 a year later after this attack daniel found himself a job at fine print which is where he's working at the time of hannah's murder and his manager said he was a very good employee caused no problems but after hannah's murder a lot of women said otherwise a lot of women came forward with their own stories One being a group of girls who lived on Grant Street, which is one block over from where Hannah lived. They came forward and said he would regularly harass them while walking home from the bar, sometimes even taking pictures of them from his car. Ew. Then he would try to get them in the car by asking for directions or ask them to get in the car to look for something (laughs) that he lost. I'm like, are you seriously trying to do the whole can't find my lost puppy? We're not toddlers in the 90s. This isn't going to (laughs) work. That's my note says. Not going to work today. That's not going to work in 2015. We were told from a very young age that that's all bullshit. There's no puppy. There's no candy. Not at 3 a.m. Especially not at 3 a.m. Especially. What? I I was trying to think of a way. Like, especially anyone over the age of six. Like, we know. Jig is up. You're aging yourself, sir. (laughs) What are you doing? Yeah. Even on a group of drunk girls, they're like, no you're creepy and in fact called the police on them good Good but the cops said they can't arrest anyone for being creepy or being a dumbass which they can't he hadn't done anything yet that would justify the police getting involved i mean i know i get it but that it's i know sad and apparently this was his thing he would wait for the bars to close and creep around waiting for drunk girls to walk home from campus at 50 years old get the fuck out of here for real then another woman came forward after seeing daniel's face on tv and said a chill went up her spine she called cops and said she was walking home on halloween night drunk from a party and this guy asked her for directions and as she was explaining he got out of the car grabbed her and forced her into the car slamming her head on the dashboard and forced her head down to give him a blowjob but she managed she was like fuck off and she managed to fight him off tuck and roll oh good Mm -hmm. she was so shaken up by this and didn't think the cops would be able to do anything since she didn't get any identifiable features of his car and didn't get his name so she did not go to the police what well i know i don't want to victim blame in this instance they may not i'm just i know but 
in this instance, they may not have been able to arrest anyone, but they would have at least like a description of hair color, color of the car, anything. So when the group of girls did go in, the first group of girls, they would have at least been like, oh, we need to keep an eye on this guy, you know? Yeah. They would have put it in a file. But she was right. They probably wouldn't be able to arrest anyone. Holy shit. Then a third woman came up. They call her KV. In 2012, she was drunk walking home from a bar and he somehow got her in in his car, probably the direction saying, definitely not the lost puppy thing. He drove (laughs) her to a gravel road near a lake, dragged her out, ripped off her clothes and punched her in the head so many times her contacts came out. Oh my God. Oh, how repulsive is that? He eventually knocked her unconscious. And when she came to, he was forcing fellatio on her. Ew. So fucking gross. She fought him like hell. And he eventually gave up, sped off with her phone, purse, clothes, everything. She was like, screw you. She went to the police and they were able to pull some skin cells from under her fingernails. Oh, good. Mm -hmm. But at the time, it didn't match anyone in their database until Hannah's murder. They retested it and it matched Daniel Messels. Wow. So with this new confirmed attack, plus all the prior felony battery charges, Ted Adams files an additional charge of habitual offender, which adds an additional six to 20 years. And here's how Ted explains that. You can't convict people for being bad people in the past. Meaning you can't say like Daniel Messel was an asshole who beat up his grandmother in the 90s. He must have killed Hannah. That's called forbidden inference, which is not allowed by law. But how I understand it, this can be taken into account if prosecutors can prove it's this guy's MO. Like the pattern of criminal conduct and violence can be considered. And with this new confirmed attack from KV, this can be considered. They're both walking home from the bar after drinking both taken to an isolated location, both beaten. He slammed KV's head against the dashboard and prosecutors say that there's a crime scene photo of Daniel's car after Hannah's murder and and the dust on his dashboard, you can see two handprints with a circle imprint in the center. Oh no. So they're very, yeah. Oh God. They're confident he did the same thing to Hannah. Yeah. The only thing though was Hannah was not sexually assaulted. So that kind of throws a wrench in the pattern, but maybe she fought too hard and he snapped and killed her before he got the chance. I don't know. But so he followed her home from the bar and then followed her in her house and her roommate was there. And like, he just dragged her out quietly. Perfect timing, Rach. Here's the theory. Oh, okay. Great. Y'all. Here's what they think happened. Oh, God. Everything was on her bed except her ID. Her ID was later found at the bar they were waiting outside of. Mm -hmm. So Adams thinks that she got in her room, realized she didn't have her ID, and ran back outside to try to catch her Uber driver to see if it was in there. At the very moment, Daniel Messel happened to be be doing his drive-by and either approached her while she was looking for for it on the ground. Uh, or they think he may have impersonated her driver to get her inside the car, which I kind of think is more unlikely. I, f- I feel like if she had the wherewithal to notice her ID was missing and was actively looking for it, she would have at least been like, that's not my Uber driver. I don't know. Yeah. It, she was intoxicated. I don't know. He did but, something. Or, or he was just like, oh, well, I'm going downtown anyway. Here, I'll just put, I'll take you back to the bar to look for it. Like, oh, a, yeah, maybe. Like an old townie. An, I, in Oxford, I probably would have been like, okay. 
Uh, yeah, imagine you're right. like an you're right. small little cottage town. Mm-hmm. Sure. Give me a yeah. ride to the square. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's my theory. There you go. Maybe. Or because she didn't know it was left at the bar necessarily. She could have just been looking for it on the ground. I don't know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I get it. Jeez. But if I were her family, this that would irk me so bad to know she got home safely and just happened to walk outside at the exact time a creepy ass predator was driving by. Like knowing yeah. that she just brushed her teeth first or gotten a late night snack or peed anything that yeah. took five seconds. She probably would have missed him completely. Oh, Ugh, knowing that would kill me. Yeah. Sad. I know. So he pleads not guilty, obviously. And the trial was very hard on her parents. Her mom held it together for the most part. But when the prosecutor held up Hannah's gray t-shirt, yoga pants, and Converse, all covered in dirt and blood, she lost it. No. I know. She didn't realize what she was wearing the day of her death. And that was an outfit she wore a lot. And it was all the stuff her mom got her for Christmas. So I bet that would also be very hard to see. Like, see an outfit that she always wore yeah and blood it would just make it so real oh yeah so daniel's defense attorney dory marion had a big task because there's a ton of evidence against him i'm shocked he pled guilty not even an al i mean not guilty not even an alfred plea like this guy's so gonna get all right good go on sorry so uh, the defense attorney's biggest task is to essentially not get laughed out of the courtroom so her defense is that she says that too. She's like, that was my biggest <laughs> task. Her defense is that they met that they met that night because his DNA is all over that crime scene and his cell phone. But apparently there was uh, also unknown DNA at the scene. So they argued there was a third party there. So Daniel says he drove up to Hannah being attacked. Oh, and he came to her aid. Aww. Oh, oh. Sweet. He got blood all over him, chased off the assailant, and that's why her DNA was everywhere. Oh. Oh. He didn't call 911 because he was scared no one would believe him given his past. <laughs> you got something right there, Dan. <laughs> you nailed that one. Yeah. She said in Sword and Scale episode that they started out, Dory said this, that they started out on good terms, but as the trial went on, Daniel started being such a dick to her. He had a temper. He would often yell at her telling her that she was a horrible lawyer, calling her at all hours of the night to tell her what she did wrong that day in trial. Like, can you imagine the mansplaining from this asshole? (laughs) I would be like, shut up. (laughs) Oh, I would tank that so hard. I I mean, you're toast. Right. I'm all you got, punk. Right. Uh, There's a lot of things you shouldn't have done. Holy shit, it would infuriate me. Like- that is hype down or represent yourself please uh, do yeah. it i was assigned yeah. to you i can dip out yeah. if you need me to yeah you ain't paying me yeah. get out of here he has real issues with women and i'm <laughs> to say the least yeah i'm guessing i'm guessing it stemmed from his mom since he only lived with his stepdad it's a complete assumption his mom is alive i do know that so they just they were divorced so and that he right, lived with the stepdad, stepdad yeah but That's maybe it. they had a falling out after he beat her mother with a four by four. I don't know. Maybe. Pure assumption. Anyway, prosecution says Dory's defense is bullshit. Obviously, they have him on surveillance at McDonald's changing his clothes. He drained his bank account right after. The timeline doesn't make sense. All the things. 
he went to McDonald's to change his bloody clothes. Those poor workers were probably like, the fuck do we do with this? Yeah, I have no. Yes, he did. Oh my God. Was Dory, was Dory at this point like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> She's like, I'm, I'm going to okay. go home. Yeah. Take a nap. I don't care about this. Right. Kick up my feet. I'm so done with this jackass. Yeah. The jury deliberated for five hours, which I was like, five hours it would take me five minutes. But they did come back with a guilty verdict and he got 60 years for this, but they have to try him separately on the habitual offender charge. It's completely separate. This deliberation took a lot less time. Guilty. He got the maximum of 20 years. So he's in total in there for 80 years. So he'll be 130 when he gets out. Whoa, that's real old. That's real old. I don't know if I'll make it. Very few do. He was pissed and he wasn't accepting it. He filed an appeal on the grounds of his lawyer being an idiot. His words, not mine. Because the murderer murderer who left his cell phone at the crime scene is smarter than everyone else. Oh my God, love Uh this type of idiot. He called her so much after the trial to yell and harass her. She had to block him. Like, get out of here. It would be very scary to be a public defender. Yeah. But he's in jail for 80 years. I know. But like, Jesus, leave me alone. All of the appeals were denied and he's locked up for the rest of his days. Hell yeah. And that's the tragic story of poor Hannah Wilson, who was just day drinking with her friends like a normal college kid. That is really, I hate that. Her dad now sleeps with a, with a pillow made out of one of her t-shirts. Oh, stop. Sweet angel. Oh my gosh, he is sweet. Here's what, okay, it's like the Idaho thing. And we talked about this when Savannah and Alex were on from the Unspeakable podcast. That's so, it like really gets to me because that's like, just stand, we could have, we were doing that. We're day drinking in Oxford. Everyone was doing that. Yeah. Especially when they said like held up her gray t-shirt and yoga pants. I was like, oh, she went out in that. And I'm like, no, she was day. It was fun. That's what you wore during the day. You get out of your exam. You're in your loungy clothes and you're like, let's just go to a bar. Yeah. You're in a big ass uh, fraternity swap t-shirt and leggings. And and you go to the bar. Uh, And then you walk home. Right. And Talking about what you're doing after graduation. Oh, I can't move to, I can't wait to move to New York or wherever the hell. I don't know. So sad. I hate it. <sighs> I know. But don't you think he definitely killed Lawrence Sperrier, right? That's the only, yeah, but that's I'm, what they have. I know, but he's an idiot. So I'm like, how'd you get away with it? Where's her body? Where's her body? That is know. scary. I don't like that one tiny little bit. Yeah. But it would be shocking if there were anyone else. Also, it was 4.30 when she was last seen on surveillance. Lauren? Like, you would, yeah. I'm like, would he troll that late? Bars close at two. That's when he would make his rounds. Disgusting. Oh. So I'm like, hmm. Crazy. Oh, my God. That but is... it would be quite the coincidence if it was someone else. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But the real, the bomb dropping it, the twist, and the reason I did the episode was that dream. It really freaks me out. That is, I don't it was like, like two that. weeks before. That scares me. I know. All right. Thanks, everyone. You are the best. People are the People worst. People are the worst. See Bye. ya. Bye.